We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. The show about the show, the show within the show. You can always get this on the normal iTunes feed for the DA show, as well as radio.com, Apple Music, other places, podcasts are available. But you could also get it on the Permission Granted podcast feed as well on all of those same platforms. So coming up, a very controversial side B where Mraz does a Permission Granted profile on Robbie Rosenhaus. And this obviously has created quite the firestorm around the show because Mraz has beaten me up for giving Robbie too much attention during a quote-unquote lifetime ban. And here he is talking to him as the primary guest in a profile segment, but that's not where we're going to start. We're going to start with the block party, and then we'll weave Huge Freeze into it. Number one overall block party history. Did that rate well? I thought so. I thought so. And as has been noted in past block parties, there's always something new. We noted that going in. Uh, the addition, I thought, of not only Ice Luge, but the bar. Well, we've always had the Ice Luge. We've always had the Ice Luge, but now you add on to the Ice Luge that we did it bar side rather than in the front. The bar ended up being a big attraction. And microphone for announcement as to who was coming up, I thought, really changed and upped an Ice Luge situation. Yes, we had a microphone karaoke style where you'd announce the people about to luge and yes. give a little background information on them. Yes. Now, we worried about this last week, the last two weeks. How would Bob's Bar, the backyard bar that your dad has built in your backyard, how would that affect attendance for the block party? I will say when I rolled up originally to the block party, probably around 5-ish, 5.30, it seemed like attendance was relatively low in the front street. Sure. But... I'll take the Bob's Bar aspect out of it. It seemed like a lot of houses were not partaking. It seemed like maybe only half the block. Correct. Now, there's always going to be the few houses that, for whatever reason, they're not into the party. They don't want to do it. They'll sign the permission slip but won't throw out a party. A couple, I would say two very integral houses of block parties passed just simply could not participate. Now, this was we usually do the block party end of July, early August. People just couldn't agree on weeks this year. People have kids getting older, playing baseball tournaments and whatnot. So no matter what week the block party was, the block was going to look like that. We just This was going to be a year like that where you couldn't get everybody committed. So we went with, we thought the highest volume houses, the highest volume shooters and cut 
and went with the houses that maybe pack up a little early and cut them out. So that's why it was lighter. It should get back to normal next year. But overall, we had to do what we had to do in that spot rather than not have a party at all. The Moraz household, I'm guessing, always kind of calls the shots. It revolves around you guys. They would never have a block party when you guys couldn't do it. Certainly us and our direct next-door neighbor, I would say, are, look, if you had a big batting order in baseball, your leadoff hitter, you know, just as they are corner houses and the number two hitter in the block, we have the most people. We party the latest. Also, always the last two houses standing. Without either of those houses, frankly, I don't want to sound ignorant. The block party would not exist. So, yeah, once we're in play, at that point, figure it out for the rest of you guys what block works the most. Now, my day was aggressive. I began the morning. Your by day, your weekend was aggressive. My whole weekend. Friday night, I went out with my brother. Actually, I did a little TV spot on CBS Sports Network Friday afternoon, 6 until 7 o'clock, time to shine. And then I grabbed some dinner with my brother uh, down near the water in the New York Harbor area. And then I met up with Penns, actually, another one of our friends, Adam Levinson, who's a good friend of ours from from Syracuse. The three of us and my brother went out for some drinks. So Friday yeah. night, a lot of sure fun. Sure, that wasn't Poland Spring either. No, we had a few beers, but I knew block party next day I couldn't get you know out of hand. I had to make sure I, I kept it buttoned up. Sure. So had a few drinks down near the water, hot summer weekend in the city. I mean, really, really hot and steamy. So I was excited to go out to Long Island to see you guys the next day. I end up weaving in a beach hit. My sister and her boyfriend and I go out to the beach. You live very close to the beaches. If you're on Long Island, you come to the South Shore, why not go to the beach? So we hit the beach from about noon until 430 or so, wrap things up, and then head over to your place. So I'm salty, I'm sandy, I come out, and it looks like there's a decent crowd in front of your yard, but there seemed to be a lot of juice in the backyard with the with Bob's. Literally and figuratively. So looked like, you know, the crowd was really building back there, but there was a couple of things that kept people in the front yard. Number one, some pickup basketball in the front uh, front street. For sure. You partook, looked like you lost. I lost two games, yeah, and boy, was I having a heart attack after. I think you were playing in sandals, too. That seems like a bad idea. No, my opponent played in sandals and beat me. I was playing in sneakers. Oh, okay. Which is, we were hoping we are getting to that detail. Number two, there were some bags. I didn't see anybody playing bags cornhole. Uh, Several games. I got into them. That was the early... When the blocks closed down, there was a mini tournament, if you will. Okay. So, yeah, believe me, cornhole was played. I saw an oversized Connect 4. That was a new addition. That actually was purchased for the bar, not the block party. That's, you know, we have Sunday game day out there, the Jenga, the Connect 4. So, yeah, people were involved with that. Got it. So, now, we move along towards food time. All uh-huh. right. And your dad always does an amazing job of the catering and the food. He's got sausage and peppers. He's got a huge tin of fried chicken. As we as we noted, he loves that fried chicken special. Yes, he's got the ziti. For sure. Big ziti. And Which I've had now three consecutive days for dinner being left over. And there is the, the hot dogs and hamburgers. Your dad's making cheeseburgers on the grill. He's making them fresh. I'm all about it. I said, he goes, do you want a, uh, I said, first of all, the, the bar looks great. I'm talking to your, your dad about the timing of it, building a canopy over it. Sure. Contract. He laid down the the patio in the backyard. Had the whole plan for the bar. It Contractors whole, came in to yeah. build the wooden bar. Then he had a kit for the canopy, wooden canopy over top. So I'm asking about the dimensions and everything like this. Got it a good was, conversation. Oh, it was a process. Yeah. And then he's he's cooking burgers at that time. He goes, "Do you, do you guys do you want a cheeseburger?" Da I said, "Yeah, that'd be great." 
So I'm waiting for the cheeseburgers to come out. Then I get into the food line when they're done. I grab the cheeseburger. I've never seen this before. Cheese on the bottom of the burger. <sighs> he it was bun, patty, slice of cheese, then bun. I've never seen it before. Is that a Bob special? All you saw there was a mishap. That's all that was. But every burger had that. So all I will tell you a little background. He... I have been yelled at now when I've taken over grilling duties, and when I make the cheeseburgers, I just throw them all in the tray, and then cheese ends up getting on the bottom of other burgers, and then they slide off. My dad's new theory after the 4th of July is just pre-bun the burgers. Like, as soon as they pull off the grill, put them on a bun. This way you can stack the buns, and the burgers, if you will, won't melt and congeal together. What happened was we had all the food flying out front that I was helping with. Him and my sister were working the grill back by the bar, and they felt the pressure to turn these burgers out quickly. So my sister's just opening buns, but she's holding, you know, the the top half on the bottom, and he's just throwing them on there. It was miscommunication. On, it was an interception thrown. Uh-huh. They did it for a lot of them. They were so flustered by getting as many burgers out as possible. They weren't really tracking which shot of the bun they were flopping those burgers onto. Strategically, then, having the grill near the back bar in the backyard, was that a mistake? Should the grill have been in the front yard like normal where the food is displayed? Okay, so the block party, as we've noted, we always put the food out front. Everybody's houses have their food out front. And for years, my dad would grill every year until this year, grill right next to where the food is. He sits there and talks to everybody. The difference, though, is we now have my grill and his grill we usually just one grill. We have them next to Bob's Bar permanently over the summer, and we decided and made an executive call Now that the bar is back there and we think people at night will be back there, do we really want to be hauling the grills drunk back to where they belong? Because you don't leave the grills out front all night. Uh And we said, you know what, if it's really going to be a party in the back, just leave the grills in the back. This way, later on at night, it's an easier, hey, you know, people are all over the bar, watch out, we're coming through with heavy metal grills. All right. Now, the cheeseburger was very good no matter what, but I did find that to be a unique twist on the traditional cheeseburger. I wish I could really say it was purposeful and he was trying to be unique, but it wasn't. So as you noted on the show, I came over with a 12-pack of beer. I got these uh, these local Blue Point Sure things, which I was excited to try, interested to stop, try. So brought those beers by, and uh, Carver High, producer of Scotty Farrell's show, brought food, you said, or cookie tray? Cookie tray, yeah. And Robbie comes, huge freeze, comes empty-handed. For sure. Now, Now, is that a no-no? Here's the the bit. No, you're not expected to bring anything. And if you don't, it's really not a big deal. It's not because my dad... And well, me, I took care of the alcohol. He there took was care of the so food. So much food and beer. Food, yeah. I, I couldn't believe how much there was. I will tell you, I spent close to four hundred dollars on beer for the party. Wow, that's how many different cases of beer. But I knew people would bring beer, and if we had some left, who cares? We have it all summer. You keep icing it up, we're fine. Uh, my father spent a lot of food, so no, it is not. We're welcoming to our house, not expecting you to bring anything. However, when you start doing the math and you realize he's a big fella, he likes to eat. And you see the other people at work all brought something. It just results in a bad look. Like, he needed one of you guys not to bring something. The moment you guys brought something, it totally... Now you start in the minute and go, you know what? That was kind of screwed up by him. Now, your mom, I got there around 5 o'clock, like I said. I think I said hi to you, said hi to your dad. I think I caught Nancy's attention within 12 minutes or so. The first thing was not, hey, DA, good to see you here. Not, how's everything going? It was, DA, I have something to say. I have something to say. And I said, you have something to say? She goes, I have a declaration. I have something to say. I said, okay. What? She goes, huge freeze. The ban is over. He's back on the show Monday. 
And I said, are you serious? Oh, wow, this is the first thing I hear. And I said, whose call is that? She goes, mine, because oh. I'm in control. I'm actually cringing thinking about she how said, uncomfortable that I, is. No, she said, I call the shots. That no, was she the doesn't. I call the shots. So I said, this is remarkable. Not only that she has a vested interest in Huge Freeze's ban being lifted, but also that she had to get this off of her chest. This is the first thing I got from your mom. So, you know, it's interesting how different your parents are. Your dad will come over to me, put his hand on my shoulder, DA, so good to see you here. You know, so, you know, what do you think? How's the food? How's the drink? Just happy to help serve and have everybody have a good time. That's right. his priority. And then your mom, on the other hand, is I've got, some, I've got something to say. And call the sh- I call the shots. It was No thanks for coming. I'm going to tell you how to run your show. I thought that was so interesting. So is it more that your mom loves Huge Freeze or more that your mom likes to call the shots? Well, n- she's not really ever in a position of power in that house. So I think she loves Huge Freeze. The thing is, I never saw her talking to Robbie. So Robbie strategically didn't bring anything, but made sure to find a moment in time to go introduce him. I didn't even introduce himself to my mom. He's a charmer. He found my mom. And he talked to her without me ever knowing. So I don't know. I to this, My mom won't even tell me what was said, what was discussed. I don't know. He's a charmer. He's a charmer. He charmed her pants off. Well, I hope he didn't charm her <laughs> pants off, but he's a charmer. So we play that audio on Monday's show. Um, it's obviously still a, a real cause for division on the show. I'm sure you spoke to Robbie about about this inside beat. I did, yeah. There's a lot coming up. And also, can I just make one note here? You know, you've been to block parties in the past. And I don't know if it was something with the bar, but I, when you had showed up, I was currently tending bar. I had taken about an hour shift back there. I was <laughs> hanging out. And I was schmoozing. Uh, I had not known you arrived, but there you had must have pulled up on the side of the block. Several people came back to the bar as if to tell me, like, we were about to be invaded. Hey, DA's here. Oh, DA's wow. here. And I kept looking at people like, what is the big, okay, There's DA's a here. Building. Like, yeah, like, people are coming here it's the block party maybe they didn't think i would show but there was but you pulling up was as if a celebrity had rolled through and i think because you hadn't appeared the last couple of years it was like a unicorn like wow he really came yeah and i'm telling you more than one person coming up to me as i'm you know basically trying to shake whatever martinis <laughs> for neighbors down there going well, okay da's coming yes i said he was coming me missing 2017 and 2018 really helped build the hype for 2019 it was a lot of hype and then they made me nervous i'm like okay he's come what should i do <laughs> Should I get shots ready? <laughs> so everything is going swimmingly. It's a really good time. Then we have the ice luge that comes out of the back. And you had the ice luge in the front yard. Where it had been for years. Usually, but no, it's a ghost town by the time dusk comes. Right. Ghost town out there because everyone's partying in Bob's Bar. There had to be 23, 25 people back there. Sure. And so the decision's made. Let's bring the ice luge in the back. And that was at first a little bit controversial but I think you and I were on the same page. Like, let's get it around the people. Well, yeah, I didn't want to. I did not want to. But then I remembered the price it cost for an ice luge that me and my sister split. And I said, it would be a real shame if the, it cost about 100 bucks to get an ice luge from Long Island, right? We said it would be a real shame we just let this thing melt and not enough people enjoyed it. But if we bring it to where drinking is heavily focused at the bar, it's going to be an attraction. And it ended up being the right move. That's absolutely right. So you carry one end of the table. Your buddy carries the other end of the table. I'm guiding it with the hands so it doesn't tip over. We get it over into the backyard side of the bar. At first, people were a little hesitant to do it. But then ultimately, they started getting into it. And you were on the mic on the little DJ machine. Sure. Calling out who's up next, who's up next. And I got to tell you, you have more per capita adults. And I say like 
people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s that do shots off of an ice luge than anywhere else in America. That's usually <laughs> that's usually a young man's game. I agree. That's all 20-somethings that don't mind putting their face on the same place somebody else did to, bu- to take a shot. You're, both your parents took ice luge shots. All of your parents' friends, the neighbors. I can't believe people of that age group do it. You guys are amazing. Yeah, and it funnels out of line. I think what happens is... You have to make the ice luge an event, right? And we've done chanting in the past. You've done different stuff than just the regular shots. You're very good at mixologist and stuff like that. But I think when I grabbed the microphone there, and I was doing it just to have some fun, people are hearing announcements, and it just draws people around. Yeah. And then they see this person doing it, that person doing it. I'm making funny lines or quips and backgrounds. People, It just it felt like an event, and then people want to be part of that event. So I think when you're older like that, that might be the only time you do the ice luge all year or shots like that all year, but you just want to feel a part of it because you're seeing it's becoming a captivating situation. It was truly incredible. Now, the watermelon patch was this year's big one. It was watermelon liqueur and Bacardi. Yes. And it was heavy on the Bacardi, a little taste of watermelon. People really liked it. They said it was like a Jolly Rancher. Sure. You were making a Long Island iced tea I was a fan of, too. Yes, I was do- I was taking Arizona iced tea and then putting, I believe, vodka and rum together with it and uh, putting it down the ice luge. The ice luge was melting at a rapid rate. We strong. We Remember, there's grounds crew. I was I took a butter knife, and I had to dig the channels deeper because it was melting. It was flattening out the ice, and the shots were pouring over the side before they got all the way down. Sure. So as grounds crew during it, there was even patching up of holes with gummy sharks. We had to make do with the equipment we had, but ultimately, look, you saved the day there. You probably extended the luge by about an hour. I think so. And think people, you know, people were coming back that it would have been melted by the time they got there, so... It definitely worked out, and I would say going forward in block parties for the future, the sun rests usually on the front of the house, yes. melting that. If I bring that luge immediately when it's delivered under the shadows of the back of the house, I think you get less of a melt next year going forward and know that ultimately we're going to be back there anyway. So I would say going forward, ice luge starts in the back, rests in the back, less melt in the back. I think that's a very good call. Now, was it your buddy James? My dad's cousin, James. I have never seen a performance of an ice luge like this. Your dad's buddy, James, had started the day. Your dad's cousin, you said? Yes. Had started the day at the Blue Point Brewery. Sure. On Long Island at 9 a.m., he said. Yes. When I showed up at 5 p.m., he was already pretty toasty sitting at the bar having beers. By the time I'm on the ice luge as the mixologist at about 8, 8.39, he wants multiple rounds in a row. He's staying on. At one point, you yelled, winners stay on. Winners court. Winners, winners court. court. <laughs> and he is just taking shot after shot after shot after shot on this. And I said, I'm going to kill this guy. I mean, he must have taken seven to eight shots within a 10-shot period all told. And he was call- fingering out yes. to everybody in the bar. Who wants next? Who wants next? Who wants Cause next? Because the ice luge is two people simultaneously yes. take them. Yes. I couldn't. How did he get home? How did he survive? He So he's from Queens, and that's why he likes to make a day of it if he comes out to the island. He hasn't been to the block party in years, but that's why he went to the brewery. He ended up drunkenly booking a hotel a half an hour the other way, where it would have been... This, <laughs> no way! He didn't even do the math on the town the hotel was, and he Ubered all the way back out east, where he could have just gotten home for the same time. Woke, I found out, woke up the next day, 9 a.m. in the hotel, same clothes, decided he was going to go back to a waterside bar and drank all day at this place, Dublin Deck and Patchogue. And he texted me about <laughs> 7 o'clock Sunday when he got home. He goes, I think I need to call out tomorrow. 
I can't believe he survived that. Yeah. It was a devastating performance. At yeah. one point, James and one of his other buddies, Zach, his friend Zach, was on. They were on the luge for like five straight shots. You called them the Splash. They were the Splash Brothers, a modern day <laughs> dynasty. They could not be beat. All right, so now this brings us to the later hours of the night. I want to talk about two of your friends, perhaps neighbors, perhaps both, at the block party. Numero uno, your buddy who you always trash these types of fans. He's a Bulls fan, a Cowboys fan, and is it a Yankee fan? Yeah, can you tell what decade he grew up in? And he's got tattoos of all of them on his shoulder and his arm. He's a Bulls, Cowboys, and Yankee fan from New York? Yeah, and his favorite hockey team, the Blackhawks. That doesn't quite fit in. But he got to enjoy the recent Blackhawk run as well. Yeah, the ultimate, let's be honest, front-running tool. That's exactly exactly The gilly. The gilly, yes. The same gilly who had my back on the flower sock incident on Halloween to tell you it's all the truth and that all the guys were honestly kids that looked like they were 40 in unions. So I really actually enjoyed hanging out with Gilly. He's hysterical. He's He talks a mile a minute. He's very, very funny. Doesn't he, stop talking, and you get a few drinks in him. you got to be careful with him. It's It was very, very fun, actually, to hang out with him. I liked him a lot, but I, I said to him at one point in time, I said, wait a second, you're a bl-. And I didn't know this. But I just saw his tattoos because he was wearing a tank top. Yeah, and I think was shirtless for the last four hours of the party <laughs> as well. I said, you're a Cowboys, Yankees, and Bulls fan? I mean, talk about taking the easy way out on fandom. <laughs> and also, let's not pretend that this is something unique. There's a lot of 90s kids who are Cowboys, and it's disgusting. Stay in a lane. It's one thing if you're... Uh, you know, if you grew up in New York and you're a Yankee Nick fan and whatever, you have you know parents that are Cowboy fans, but you make the bull switch to, come on. He loved Jordan as a kid, loved Aikman as a kid, and then, of course, his dad was a diehard Yankee fan and just happened to love the Yankees as they were great as a kid. It's nauseating. But I will, I will defend him on this. The guy still orders the NFL package and the NBA package and has been locked into some bad Cowboys football okay. and bad Bulls basketball. He watched, I'm not lying, 82 Bulls games a year. Oh. So as that's m- hazard pay. Exactly. As much as he got into being a front runner, I can't really kill him because he's sitting there with a Robin Lopez jersey on and won't come out on a Saturday night. And we're like, what are you doing, dude? Okay. So, so does Gilly live near you? He grew up, um, up the, like the next corner over. Okay. And it now- felt like he was a neighborhood guy. Yes. We all grew up together, same neighborhood. Now he has a house actually on the, on the block Boomer Esiason grew up in. He bought a house. Okay. How about that for a twist Moving of on fit? up. Moving on up. And if you remember last year, the infamous bite mark I had on my arm. Do you remember that when we did that story where I got bit and it was at like some kind of party? It was a member of his family as their family got into a little tussle and I broke it up. So, Well, yeah. the Gillies have a bit of a dynasty. They have a, a bunch of, of brothers that have played on your flag football right, team. Right, right. He's one of seven. Kind of in and out of your life in many different crevices and crannies. There's always there's always a different gilly. I didn't know which gilly he was because I played on your flag football team with a different gilly. Yes, yeah, his brother Nick is a much better athlete than him. But, yes, for the most part, you could have gone to my high school 10, ten straight years, and in seven of those, there would have been a gilly graduating. <laughs> and... And they're kind of a rough-and-tumble crowd. Yeah, they are. They are. They go through, you know, they look rough. They're kind at heart. 
but sometimes they drink a little too much, and you just you don't know what you're getting at any gilly on any night. So I they're kn- very up and down. It's like an AJ Burnett start. I, I knew that the gilly was going to be there with me right to the end. I knew that he was going to be one of the last men standing. As a, not only with you to the end, I finally went to bed, and this is after you had left. Uh, I go to bed with my pregnant wife. We lay down. I've had it. My head is spinning real quickly, and. In about a half an hour into sleep, he swings my bedroom door open oh. and starts taking a picture of us sleeping. I'm so drunk. I had to physically remove him from the room, and he was laughing. I said, I went in. Can you go home? So he was out much later than even I was. Okay, so this is about 1.45 a.m., and the other guy that I've been talking to all night was Upside Down Mike. Now, sure. Mike tweets the the show often. He's a listener to the show. He lives in your neighborhood. I call him Upside Down Mike because somehow he got the font on his Twitter handle to be upside down. It says Mike Upside Down. I don't know how he did it. He's, I have no idea how he did it. And he's a sports radio lifer. He knows anything and everything about, and not even local shows, national shows. He's locked in. So Upside Down Mike has a big bushy beard. On his forearm, he's got the outline of Long Island, and it says represent on it. This kind of guy. So right. we got we got hardcore Long Islander in the house and he was great. He was great to hang out with. Really, really cool dude. So I'm talking to those guys. We've done the ice luge. People are drinking at the bar. You behind the bar at like 1.30 start playing Billy Joel. Classic Long Island soundtrack. Checking all the boxes of exactly. a Long Island summer I'm like, party. I've got, I've got the, uh, the full <laughs> list of everything I wanted out of this party. This is amazing. And at about 1.45, you're starting to turn in. And you're like... It's, it's getting late. I think i got to go to bed. Yeah, well, because look, the gl- when the glands in your throat start to shut as you're drinking, you realize maybe it's time to go to the bullpen. Now, the turning point for you was you went from beer, you'd been drinking Kona all night, to the White Claw Seltzer. I the did. The White Claw Alcoholic Seltzer. I'd never had one at that point in time. Never. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. We went to the Minnesota Wild game in Minnesota. I bought a round and bought two tall boy White Claws, and you kind of were questioning me then, but oh, you put right. one down. Oh, You yeah. said, I thought we were getting beers. I said, these are good. Have one. I you don't... never really commented on no, it. No, no. So I don't can't. tell me you never had one. I bought one for you. So then I called you out, but I knew that was the turning point. I, yeah. Once you went White Claw, I knew you you were going to tap out uh, Yeah, that's not how You called me a POS. <laughs> not a POS system. You called me a POS when I was starting to have a White Claw. So what kind of what kind of person are you? Well, somebody that drinks beer for twelve hours and then at the last second switches to a white claw, I got a bit of a problem with. If you started with a white claw and you ended with a white claw, maybe I'd be a little bit more lenient. I got to the point where I was reaching in the cooler and any cold can was gonna do for me. That's all I was doing. So you're like, I, I gotta go to bed. And I was like, I'm gonna be out here later than you are at your own house. <laughs> But you wanted to go to bed around 2 a.m., and there were still probably six or seven of us that wanted to keep hanging out. Sure. And for the record, I could tell you the last drinks taken, I found out the next morning, we were at 4.30 Oh, my gosh. Well, at 2 a.m., when you're waving it off, I'm like, okay, it's probably time to go Right. And Upside Down Mike is I'm hanging out with, and I go, all right, I got to catch this last train out of here. What time is the last train? And I think you said, like, there might be a 2.15 train or something like that. So I'm like, okay. Can get that train, but now I'm standing on a train platform an hour and a half away from Brooklyn. This is probably a bad situation at 2.15 in the morning. I'm going to fall asleep on this train, no doubt. Where do I wake up? Nobody knows. I'm like, I don't know. And I'm hemming and hawing. And you're also cursing me out for getting evicted out of my apartment because I would have just had the guest room for you to stay in at that point. Exactly. The last time I stayed over, I just stayed in your guest room. 
I can't stay there. I can't stay in your parents' place either because you're now taking up the extra bedroom. <laughs> and everything is is gone cockamamie. And as I'm having a Han, Upside Down Mike is like, why don't you just stay with us? And I'm like thinking, well, I just met you and your girlfriend tonight. Right. I just, and I, I know it's been a great night, but I just met you tonight. And he's like, we have a guest bedroom. And I say, gosh, that's a really, it's a really nice offer. I said, but you know, I don't have my toothbrush. I don't, <laughs> I don't have pajamas. His girlfriend, who again couldn't be sweeter, Michelle. Did, Michelle made unbelievable cake ball chocolate chip cookies that tasted like cake balls. Unbelievable, they were awesome. So they were just like kind of raw enough to taste like cookie dough in the middle. She's like, oh, I have a toothbrush. I'm like, you just. She's like, I just bought new toothbrushes. Just, I got a new pack. I was like, well, okay. I, I said, I, I really don't want to impose on people that I've never met before. But Upside Down Mike has been acting like we've been best friends since I walked in there because he listens to the show all the time. And that's the kind of guy he is. Very nice guy. Totally. Right. My house is your house. So I'm like, all right, well, may, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do this. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, come on. I'm, I'm right down the block. I'm right down the block. By the way, he's not exactly right down the block. Well, that's the next part of this. So it's about 2 a.m. You're about to retire. I'm about to call it quits, and I turned to you, and I said, Mraz, am I making a terrible decision right. here? And after I told you you're okay, you pulled my wife aside to double-check with her and say, am I going to wake up okay tomorrow? <laughs> and part of this was, I don't know these people. Right. You're sleeping part, essentially in strangers' houses. But part of this was, I didn't want to impose, like, maybe my gauge right now is really off. You know, I've been at a block party for like eight hours after being on the beach. After being on the beach, maybe you know, maybe my my gauge is to- my compass is totally off here, and I am seriously being a jerk by even accepting this. Maybe it's one of those things that somebody offers and you're rhetorical, not rhetorical, right? Yeah. And Danielle's like, no, no, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. And I trust Danielle. She was she was on point all night. I loved hanging out with her. She was she was a star. Also sober because she's pregnant, so she could make a sound decision yes, in that exactly. moment. Exactly. So I trusted her. All right, all right, upside down, Mike. We're on our way. So you go inside. Me, Mike, and Michelle start walking to the house. And, and I- should be noted, Danielle offered the drive, but they waved it off. No, no, it's a quick walk. I don't remember them waving that off because that's a bad idea by it was. them. Upside down, Mike wanted to drive us. Yeah. Now, Michelle took a bike. You got right, correct. She rode a bicycle with a basket with four bottles of wine and the cookie bowls. <laughs> so she gets on the bike. She's like, I'll meet you at home. Upside down, Mike is like, I'll drive. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> We're not doing that. No, no. Even if it's down the block. Right. No, no, no. We're walking. He's like, all right, cool. When I've walked in your neighborhood back to your house, between your parents' house and your house, it's uh, literally six houses. Sure. It's just at the end of the block. I'm thinking that's kind of where we're going to go, like a block away. <laughs> I knew you weren't. We walk one block. We walk two blocks. We walk into some school parking lot. The church, the back of the church. There's yeah. a church. I'm like, th- this looks like a big practice field of yeah, some sort. Yeah, the big turf field. That's actually the Young Guns practice facility. <laughs> okay. I'm walking through there. Now there's a church. We're on the other side of the church. I'm like, I, this doesn't look anything like Moraz's neighborhood. A dark road that splits a practice field yes. and a church. There's no street lights anymore. I'm like, yep. where are we walking? Note that this is 2.30 in the morning <laughs> right. after I had been at the beach since 10 a.m. I won't even go in that area 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where are we walking? We walk another block. Finally, upside down, Mike's like, yeah, this is my house. It's right over here. I go, oh, my God. 
That was so long. And I'm walking in flip flops. <laughs> Drunk. After 10 <laughs> hours at the block party. <laughs> Where are we? That's not down the block. No. I knew that. And we knew that. And that's why Danielle offered the drive. Oh, my gosh. Why did we not take mm-hmm. up Danielle on this offer? So they show me the what? Yeah. I go into the guest bedroom. Got a big fan right on the guest bedroom. No AC, but that's okay. Fan. You make do with what you got there at that point. Michelle gives me the, the toothbrush. I brush my teeth, fall asleep, wake up the next morning. I'm like, I can't believe I slept in a stranger's house. <laughs> I slept in a stranger's house. And I'm like, okay, I got to get up. I'm going on the boat this morning with Greg Giannotti. Gio had offered to take me on the boat fishing. We're going to go fluke fishing off the Long Island Sound. I got to be there at 10 a.m., Okay, I got to get an Uber out there. And I'm all sweaty and salty from the night. My, I'm just like, I really need to shower. And I feel so bad asking a stranger, do you have a towel? Well, at this point, I mean, what, but, uh, just right. pile it on. I, I mean, I don't think anything's going to be I shocking. I walk out of the, of the bedroom. Upside down, Mike is sitting on the couch. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm like, hey. He goes, good party, huh? I was like, good party. And I pause, I look at him, I go, would you mind letting me borrow a towel? I, I really like to take a, take a shower. He's like, oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> You're actually doing a pretty good impersonation. Of so I night. take the towel, and I'm just like, what has happened to my life? I'm, <laughs> I feel terrible. I'm now borrowing a towel to dry my naked body off after showering <laughs> in a stranger's house. A listener's house. A listener. <laughs> a listener. What have I done? What has the block party done to me? I take a shower. Oh, boy, it was the best shower I ever took. Oh, I felt so good. Dry myself off. I fix the bed. I make sure I didn't put anything out of place. I'm okay. I'm leaving this. All right. So I call the Uber, and uh, Mike walks me outside. We have a little chit-chat about the, the party, good party and everything. And I get in the Uber. It happened that the Uber driver's name was Damon with a D. Oh, how about that? I get in, and he goes, Damon. Man, I never picked up another Damon before. I'm like, oh, yeah, he goes, you're the first Damon I ever picked up. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I've, I've met some Damons before. He goes, yeah, I tell people it's like Matt Damon, but mine has a D at the end. It's like Johnny Damon. I was like, yeah, yeah, there's like like Damon Stoudemire. He goes silent. Oh, no. And I'm like, like Damon Jones. Silent. I'm like, okay, I'm not really with a sports fan right, here. I'm right. just kind of like naming Damons. No NBA. So... I go out to the boat with Gio, 10 a.m., and uh, the Uber driver pulls up. Gio's there. He's like, hey, man, I got a Damon in the back seat. He's like, it's crazy. I'm Damon. He's Damon. Oh, no. He's giving that. And Gio Gio. has a great line. He goes, well, which one am I taking on the boat? (laughs) (laughs) So we do do the, uh, the afternoon of the boat. Um, it was amazing. Gio's boat is tremendous. He's a great boater. We didn't really catch anything. I just caught a sea robin, which is like a crap fish. You can't eat. It's like one of those ones that croak. And then uh, I get my line tangled up in his engine. He's got to cut it. Finally, we're going to go back in. We go back in. We go to the marina, have a few, have some food and some beers. Uh, and then that wraps up that day. Then I got to catch the train back from, oh. from Long Island to go back home. And the quick postscript, I am toast. I went to the beach. I went to the block party. I slept at Upside Down Mike's house. I went on an Uber. I went on a boat, and now I'm back. I'm in the train, and I've got a transfer in Babylon, your station, because I had to go about four stations past you to go out fishing. I'm trying to keep my eyes open so badly. It's like 
five o'clock. I'm like, keep my eyes open. Keep, do not miss this transfer in Babylon. Do not miss this transfer. One stop before I close my eyes. I'm like, I'll just listen for it. Next thing I know, I'm being rustled awake by oh. the train conductor. Hey, last last stop. You've got to get off. Last stop. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Wake up. I'd fallen asleep for like a second, maybe like three minutes. Walk outside. My transfer train pulls out. Oh. I missed the transfer train. How so now, could it happen? Now I'm sitting in the blazing sun for the next 28 minutes waiting for the next train out of Babylon. Tired, sweaty, on a boat. This whole day, it never ended. It was the never-ending day. I finally got back home, and I, I, I told my aunt and uncle I was going to go over to their house for a post-Italian feast party. There's a Brooklyn Italian feast that they host a party at every uh, every year in Brooklyn. So I, re- I told the Bourbon Bell, I'm going to be home at so-and-so, 630. I'm going to be home. I'm going to change, and then I'll meet you over there, and then we'll drive. We'll meet you at the car. We'll drive over. So we did that, and I was out until like 10 p.m. that night. My aunt and uncle's playing the Godfather music. They got sangria going, sausage and peppers. Sounds like a good time, but I think you got a punt on that party. It was a great time, but I had committed to it at my 40th birthday party. They came, my uh, aunt and uncle, and they're yeah. like, you're going to come over to the feast party? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. She's well, we're going to have everybody over. And it sounded like a great idea at the time, but then after this weekend. Oh. So the blog party was the linchpin of one of the craziest weekends I'd ever had. Yeah, and a little just quick aside before we wrap this up. What gets lost in all the showering and everything? I get a, a message from <laughs> Gilly, uh-huh. uh, a direct message on Instagram, sharing your picture with Giannotti on the boat. To the quote from Gilly, DA just said, "F it, same clothes," <laughs> because you're in the same clothes. I had nothing else. Part of the beach <laughs> and one of the block party. Like you took the shower, but you put on the same dirty, sweaty clothes. I I had a different shirt and my bathing suit from the um from the beach. So I put on the Syracuse t-shirt and shorts for the block party. But yes, the Syracuse t-shirt and shorts were from the block party, and then went to the fishing. Oh the, man, the boat. what a disaster! <sighs> People noticed on that picture who were at the block party. I could I could imagine. The clothes were a dead giveaway. That was I, a rough weekend. I deserve to get called out, but that was the type of weekend it was. Block party 2019, What that was a success. I that would agree. was so much fun. I would agree. Something they'll be talking about from years to come and tough to top in 2020. I, I've been to 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 19. Oh, no, no, not 17. 16 to the 19. I, I missed the last two. Kind of like when the Patriots suddenly had a little... <laughs> And I got to say, this was one of the best. I appreciate it. Yeah, it Bob appreciates it. And look, it was a great time all around. That is side A. It's now time for the deep dive into Robbie on side B. All right. Welcome into side B of the PGP. It is another permission granted profile, a PG profile, if you will. This is Mraz, the executive producer of the DA show and host of side B of the PGP. And look, the series is going to continue for the time being because we've had one that has been banged on my door a lot, one that I was reluctant to do, but the timing is fitting after my mother had to proclaim something on the airwaves on Monday. So yes, you asked for it. You got it. The one and only huge freeze on the permission granted profiles. Huge hello. Hello, Mraz. Wow. I didn't even, I didn't ever think I'd make uh, make an appearance on this profile after what Mama Mraz had to say. Yeah. Well, you know, look, let, let's start here. My mom has ruffled a lot of feathers, huge. She has uh, by, I, I don't know how many beers she had had. She has told me off air that she had not drank yet when she had talked to DA. But she was certainly, uh, you know, infatuated with everything you brought to the table, your kindness. She got suckered in. You know, I'm going to say she doesn't know the real huge. And now she claims that she can lift the ban. I, 
I don't think that's possible, frankly. I apologize to you. But, you know, to calm everything down, I'm going to have you on here. Your thoughts on my mother pushing the agenda to have the ban lifted, and what exactly did you say to her that, you know, suddenly you've twisted her mind? Well, I love how you say, you know, my apologies, and I love when people say no offense. It's like, you know what, you're ugly and fat. No offense. Oh, you know, no offense taken. You know, my, my apologies. No, that's okay. You know, like, that's going to make it better, okay? First of all, your mother is a lovely, lovely woman. I met your entire family, your wife's entire family. I mean, they all couldn't be more pleasant. And I think they were the ones that charmed me. I don't think it was the other way around, but apparently it was. And I uh, I charmed the pants off your parents, and uh, they want me back on the show. What can I say? Yeah, I mean, I call it an infiltration because we have the antifreezes and the hugies here. And my own flesh and blood, my own family now has become hugies. And it's really, it's not healthy for anybody. But I, I don't know if you listen to the show on Tuesday. We had a caller suggest, and before, because I'm assuming you haven't heard this, and before you react without me finishing, I will tell you this isn't going to happen because I refuse to do it. A caller thought that we should go a chip-for-chip chip hot salsa challenge. Whoever taps out first loses, and if you had beaten me, then you could get back on the show. How awful an idea would that sound like? It would be bad news. Seriously, you'd have more little men than Chernoff standing there in, in ambulance uniforms waiting for us with the stretchers, okay? Like it was the you know, like it was a Ranger game where they wait in the back, you know, in the tunnel. They wait with the stretcher. That's what we need. We need two gurneys, one for me, uh triple X, one for you, double X, and uh oh and we uh, and we'd need people on standby for that hot salsa challenge because I've seen that and I'm not going anywhere near it. We'd have to find something else to do. But uh, according to your parents and according to your mom, I'm back on the show already. So. Well, well, no, that's that's not happening. My mom has no say on the show. But you know, <laughs> nonetheless, would you? And I think we've broached this to you before. Would you be open to a fencing competition versus me to get back on the show? Yeah, fencing, anything athletic. I mean, I'm pretty sure. I mean, you look at me, and your eyes can be deceiving. And I think that I'm more athletic, and I think I can use my smarts and my wits to uh, to definitely outplay you or outfence you, whatever we do. And remember, when you drink antifreeze, not good things happen. So no more antifreeze. A wise okay? man, a wise man once said that, huh? Huge. A wise man once said that. Yeah, a wise man once said that to me. Yes. And, and I think I could speak for all of North America who listens to CBS Sports Radio that when you think athleticism, smarts, and wits, you think yourself and myself. No, oh, without a doubt. I mean, we are the um, you know the the uh, the triumvirate of. Uh, you know, terribleness in terms of, you know, fat, lazy, and a ball. I will say, I will say I'm a little glad you had work uh, and you had to leave the block party a little earlier. The The speakers got turned on late night. The microphone came on. And I am kind of happy you left because I think you would have owned the crowd if karaoke had taken over. And there may be no turning back from this for my family. Well, your mom and dad actually came up to me. Uh, it was one of the first things that your mom actually discussed with me was, and she pointed out that in the back, she pointed out where the microphone was and where the speaker was just so that later in the evening I'd have a chance to serenade the crowd. Well, it turns out it didn't happen that way. I had to leave by uh, about six thirty, seven o'clock or so, and uh, I had to get uh, get over to work. 
because I had to work overnight. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. But hey, listen, the block party uh, must go on, and I apparently am invited over anytime I want. So, I mean, it, it could be, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to drop that nugget on you, but yes. Your mother kissed me goodbye, and she said, anytime you want to come over, feel free to come over. So, I mean, I mean, what else could I want there? A bar in the back, unlimited food. I mean, the karaoke machine, just the pool in the back. I can, I can come cool off. I can be the, uh, you know, the huge house guest. What do you think? Well, I think this. I think if my mother's extended that invite, I need to close on the house I'm buying ASAP and get the heck out of their house <laughs> because I cannot, I cannot have you float, getting home. I get home from work and you're floating with, uh, you know, a pina colada in my parents' pool, you know, going, hey, uh, why don't we do a little karaoke at this? That is not going to happen. My mom now has completely overstepped her bounds. It's one thing to produce the show. It's another thing to give an open invite on the other end. What a freaking disgrace. Uh, Huge, what have you been up to in, in the days since we last heard from you? Well, I thought we can. I, I thought we can always remake House Guest. That could be the White Sinbad, but I guess that 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 uh, that died on the table. <laughs> what a bad movie! <laughs> Phil Hartman, one of the great actors that we lost too early. But again, that's a discussion for another day. What am I up to? Well, this is a permission uh, granted profile, so you know we're going to profile you a little bit. Well, you know what? What? What have we missed with a huge freeze? Uh, you know, I would guess since the ban. You know, let us know what you've been up to. Anything new? You still doing Uber? What's going on? The Uber stopped last year. So for those the aliens out there who, you know, got the story of me, you know, leaving early to go drive an Uber on St. Patrick's Day two years ago, I haven't driven an Uber in over a year. So that's that's over and done with. How I make my money, okay, is like, uh, you know, it's like Epstein. You know, you don't know how he made his money. Don't worry about how I make my money, okay? <laughs> so, okay. That's a, that's a reference that's over some listeners' heads, and maybe some others got it, but I digress. So I, I, I really haven't been up to a ton. I did attend StarCast with Taz. I could do a whole half hour on that. I mean, that was great. The yeah, you, we, back. you weasel yeah. your way into going to Vegas with Taz. I mean, so, uh, you're unbelievable. That was great. I mean, I <laughs> that was fantastic. That was one of the better trips I've had in quite a while. I mean, we whined and dined. I mean, we didn't hang out too much outside of the convention. He is right. I mean, he did his own thing. But when we were at the convention, it was a lot of fun. Got to meet a lot of his fans and a lot of old wrestlers that I used to uh, that I used to worship. And now, uh, you know, I just take it as. Uh, uh, take it in stride, but it was really cool to be there with Taz, and uh, you know now he's one of my best friends. So <laughs> best, be- I'm, I'm sure I'm sure this will be clipped and played, and away we go. Well, yeah, and I think this got brought up because you became a topic of discussion post this Vegas trip on both the DA show and Taz and Moose. I think there was a sense of panic with DA that you know with the ban we have to expect you to move on, but would you move on to the show that is played directly before us every day on CBS Sports Radio? Uh, if you had to say right now the show you're most closely aligned with, is it actually Taz and the Moose and not the DA show? Well, I mean, you still play my drops all the time. I mean, I can see Marco Belletti, you know, stuff like that. I hear all the time on the show. Jeez. And uh, I think the quote from Mark Malus's Moose of Taz and the Moose was, he can talk his way into any room, referring to me. Yes, you and, can. Clearly, and, because now my mom's giving you an open invite to a house that I have to get out of as soon as possible. Right, so if you've seen the have you ever seen the movie Fletch from the late eighties? Yeah, of course. Okay, so Chevy Chase Chevy goes Chase. around, yeah, and he, he he talks his way into any room, whether it be 
you know, with a fake nose on or fake teeth or fake hair or whatever, or fake glasses or whatever it was. That's me. I go into any room, I get the information I need, and I walk out, and I make a case, and I'm making a case on you. But what does that mean, though? What what show are you closely aligned with? I think you... you no, I, I, no, still your show. I, I still think it's, it's the DA show because um, the... You know, uh, DA is is the president of my fan club, and even though there's antifreeze behind the window, it shouldn't be used on the window. And uh, DA and Kaplan and Bogish, they're in my they're in my corner. So uh, I still believe that the DA show is more closely aligned with Huge Freeze than Taz and the Moose for now. But I do have allies in Taz and the Moose. We have to destroy these allies. We have to destroy them. All right, Huge. I have to get back to actual work and get done chit-chatting with you. So if you want to give your Twitter plug, now's the time. <laughs> sure. At Robbie Rosenhouse. That's at R-O-B-B-I-E. R-O-S-E-N-H-A-U-S. And do not be surprised if there is a Huge Freeze podcast coming to ears near you soon. So stay on the lookout for that. Wow. Correct. Correct. Is that so? I'm actually breaking a little news here on the PGP profile that there may be a podcast launching next month. Some stuff is in the works. So just uh, stay tuned, and uh, you may be hearing a lot more of Huge Freeze. Wow. He even talked his way into the radio.com room. It never ends with Huge Freeze. Uh, you, can, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter. With my pillowy eyes. With his pillowy eyes. You can follow me on Twitter at CBS. Huge. Thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Anytime, Mraz. And if Mama Mraz is listening, um, I enjoy my spaghetti with uh, with meatballs, and I'll have vanilla ice cream for dessert. She's not listening, thankfully. Get the heck out. All right, this is the Permission Granted Profile. This was another BGP. Have a great week, everyone. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.